Are you a woman? Do you love free porn? Do you love free erotic stories? Do you love free articles about women's issues? Well, then you are going to love my sponsor's website, Belessa.co. That's B-E-L-L-E-S-A dot C-O. They have free erotic stories, free erotic movies, and as I mentioned, some really interesting articles such as five ways to meet someone that doesn't involve dating apps, five things men should avoid on a first date with a bisexual woman. I guess that article is more for men than women. And why penis shaming is 100% a form of body shaming and why you should not do it. And I am going to agree with you because pleasure comes in all shapes and sizes. So definitely go and visit my sponsors, Belessa.co. And thank you so much for supporting my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. That's B-E-L-L-E-S-A dot C-O. Are you a photographer, either amateur or professional, who've always dreamed of shooting beautiful nude Playboy models? Then you are in luck, my friend, because I am hosting my next photography workshop June 16th through the 18th here in Los Angeles. My model is going to be the beautiful Playboy Plus Cyber Girl of the Month, Bailey Rain. And I'm going to have a mix of small group workshops and private one-on-one sessions. So make sure that you go and visit hollyrandallworkshops.com and sign up. We have so much fun on these shoots and I can guarantee you the most beautiful images of naked women in your portfolio that you will ever have. So please come join us. You will have a blast and you will learn a lot. That's hollyrandallworkshops.com. I hope to see you guys there. Today in the studio, I have sex nerd Sandra. She has a very popular podcast called Sex Nerd Sandra, and she's a sex educator. She knows a lot about human sexuality, blowjobs, anal sex, cunnilingus, you name it, she knows about it. And she's here to impart her valuable sexual wisdom onto the rest of us. So I'm very excited to have her here and I can't wait to learn what she knows. So let's introduce Sex Nerd Sandra on Holly Randall Unfiltered. Hello, podcast world. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Uh, today, I am honored to have sex nerd Sandra on the show. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Holly. I was actually going to ask you before I introduced you how you wanted me to refer to you. <laughs> if you wanted to just be Sandra or if you wanted that entire title for the, uh, oh, for you the introduction. Just, I mean, you can just call me Sandra. Oh, intro. Yeah, sex nerd Sandra. Give people some kind of uh, Google option. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can call me Sandra Doherty. I use my whole name. Like, okay. You know, um, but in terms of my sex ed identity, mm-hmm. sex nerd Sandra, it's just, it's like self-explanatory yeah. in the sense of who I am. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fine. I, was, I listened to a couple of your podcast episodes. They are awesome. Thank and they you. are very, very educational and informative. I listened to the like the clicker training one. Oh yeah, that one was was fascinating. Yeah, train a human just like you can train a dog, but easier. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I did receive several me- uh, emails, people being like, "Oh, I work in this field. That's not exactly how it works," you know. And so everybody had their own spin on uh, what is more accurate um, way to do it, uh, but. 
at the same time, it's like it's an art form, not a science. You know, yeah, when it comes to integrating what we know about the human mind and right. bringing it into pleasure and relationships. So mm-hmm. it's fine. But yeah. yes, I really love her class and that interview. So you actually did take one of the classes, right? I did. Yeah, I went to DomCon. Wow. Two years ago, something like that, and okay. I DomCon is well. It's a convention where fans and stuff can go shop for cool leather implements and go to cool workshops where people teach you things like how to humiliate for fun and stuff. <laughs> um, I learned a lot about how to grow pepper plants to make someone feel a burning sensation on their butts. <laughs> like I was Wait, just like, what? how to grow the plants themselves? Yeah, the person who was talking about chemical. Using chemicals to create burning sensations as a sensation on the skin. Okay. Um, but something organic like peppers would be a safe thing to use. Well, it's going to be harmful if you use it too much. Right, 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 right. But yeah, like he grew his own pl- peppers and I was sitting there like, wow, well, I have no idea. Wow. Have no idea. Wow. So then I went to this clicker training class yeah. and I loved training my dog. Uh, so having th- all the clicker knowledge applied to humans was really entertaining. Yeah, so you had been taking your dog to classes and then you got to like kind of see that action done on humans. Yes, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, she trained somebody. She or she was working with her sub to get him to very easily relax his jaw and open his mouth. Mm-hmm. And that was fun to watch. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, so that's how that came about. So how did you get into like sex education and that whole that whole thing? Um, okay. That's a really good question that I never know how to answer because I've been interested in sex ed since I was 11 years old. Okay. Um, the minute I heard the word sexologist and I realized, oh, of course, there are people who study sex. Why would you want to do anything else? So it was just immediate, like, oh, this seems very important. I mean, of course, I was just getting into puberty. And right. Was like, this so it is, was very important yeah, at the time. Like, this is essential. Yeah. Like, what yeah. is this stuff? Um, I don't remember being particularly horny at 11. Like, I wasn't, like, revving to go, but I was like, right. this is, you know, I want to read all the books about right. this. Um, but I think professionally, it didn't start until I had spent a couple of years working in TV and film, just in production, um, which is a very L.A. thing to say. Yeah, well. Um, but I just wasn't particularly gratified. I grew up here, so it was mm-hmm. kind of just an industry I fell into. What part of L.A. did you grow up in? Santa Monica, West Los Angeles. That okay, area. that's actually where I grew up, too. Oh. I live in the house I grew up in. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I live in like the uh, West L.A. Palms area. Yeah, and and do you own the house? My parents do. That's so amazing. And I rent it from them. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I want. I wish I had a time machine. <laughs> Truly, it's kind of weird. I have to admit, like living in the house that you grew up in. So, I actually live across the street from the elementary school that I went to. Ooh. So the sound of like the kids getting out of class like every day is actually like this. The sound of like screaming children and like bells ringing and like the Pavlovian bus is actually. You know what? That's very interesting that you say that, but that's so true because it's comforting to me. Oh, you know, because I feel like. That is like, those are the sounds from my childhood. So I listen to that and it kind of like reassures me. It's weird. It seems, I mean, it's so familiar. Yeah. It seems like the most human thing. Yeah, but it's just interesting that like all this this noise and chaos like actually soothes me. But it's interesting how people are like that. So anyways. Basically, I was on a train uh, on the East Coast heading to like Charlottesville or I don't remember where I was going. But um, I had just taken a break, a three-month hiatus to explore the country um, and was like, oh, yeah, 11-year-old me wanted to be a sex educator. I should do that. So then I 
went back and just started to, like, I worked at a sex store, started mm-hmm. to apprentice in, like, the workshops, figured out how that happened, started to, uh, became a coordinator pretty fast. Um, I worked at two different sex stores and just, I, basically, I just really took to teaching. I've always mm-hmm. been kind of a teacher. Yeah. Um, because I'm curious and I really want to learn everything, like, all the, all the details, like, how everybody does the things and then, uh combine all the knowledge I get and then present it to other people to be like, "What? look what I have discovered. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've just always been like that. So interviewing people on the podcast really is probably more natural than even teaching because I get to be a student. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's honestly how I felt that this whole thing has been for me because this is very new for me still. You know, I've only been doing this podcast for about uh, seven months, but mm-hmm. the things that I have learned over these last seven months has been like amazing. I mean, I just, I constantly, awesome. and it's great too because for me, you know, I'm normally a photographer, so I don't really get the opportunity to, you know, sit down and really talk with people. I'm like hustling and I'm, you know, it's all mm-hmm. about the visual images and, mm-hmm. and this way I get to like learn about people and, and people that I've worked with numerous times and spent 10, 12 hours on set with and they come in here for like an hour and I know them better than I knew them in the last two years seeing them like every day on set. So it's just like, yeah. it's been really cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, sitting down with an intention to really connect is... Mm-hmm. Is it kind of a magical thing, especially these days? Because you know, especially with technology and phones, and like constantly looking at like that glowing screen. You know what I mean? I find that I, I was actually thinking to myself the other day. I'm like, when do I ever sit down with somebody and literally look at them face to face and talk without like looking at a computer, without looking at my phone intentionally for an hour? Like never. Yeah, this is some ancient campfire shit <laughs> right? right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts, though, and um, I don't know. It made me appreciate conversation more. Great. <laughs> I'm as since I have hiatus for quite a while mm. on my podcast. It's like I'm hearing you talk like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Did it just get so you're on a hiatus right now, right? Yes. I mean it's. I never intended it for it to be a permanent hiatus, but mm. I definitely needed a long break. Right. How long do you do? How long is the podcast? How long has the podcast <laughs> been going on for? Uh, the pu- 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 um, <laughs> let's see, Sex Nerd Sandra's as a. I, mean, I was doing the ed for quite a while, and then 2011 is when I launched my podcast with Nerdist Industries, mm-hmm. and so 2011 that was seven years ago. Um, last couple of years, I've been pretty much just do my thing. I'm now in school doing like, like kind of expanding my knowledge right now. So okay. that's been a Ralph on. Um, but yeah, I started. In what have you been studying? Well, I want to apply this summer to go to a. It's, I still don't know how to say it. I want to become a doctor of physical therapy. Okay. <laughs> but the programs are, it's just, it's very wordy. But yes, okay. I'm applying to Doctor of Physical Therapy programs, which it, it just doesn't roll off the tongue. Um, yeah, I'm fascinated by the body. I'm very yeah. body based in how I explore sexuality and sex ed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like what's going on inside us yeah. a lot. That seems to make sense. That makes sense that you would make that kind of progression because yes. sex is about the human body. Yes, I mean, a lot of people go into the mental health field mm-hmm. because if you're into, this is my thing, and, and you'll probably be talking about to so many people mm-hmm. with different angles on sex info, most of the disciplines, most of the professional uh, licenses, uh, most of the people in the world 
their departments just ignore sex. Right. Right? I mean, not just doctors and nurses, I mean, which is just a detriment to people with sexual health issues. Um, but in psychology and like your your mental health therapists, all those people also do not get more than ten hours of training, like max. Really? Yeah, on sex. So and when you have people who I mean clearly Sure, they get trained on relationship stuff, but you know how that relates to in the bedroom or how that might affect their body. Like, it's just a whole lot of stuff. Like, even urologists, I'm not really particularly impressed with. So anyway, <laughs> um, but with some soul searching, I realized. So what I'm saying is, the field of sex ed for adults, and I call it corrective sex ed, because mm-hmm. most of it's just realigning all the misinformation or lack of information in childhood. Mm-hmm. Corrective sex ed. Is, exists and people like me work in this field because all the other disciplines have ignored it. And right. so there's this deep need. But unless you have some kind of foundation in some one of the disciplines, you know, you kind of are just floating around with not a whole lot of deep knowledge on anything. Mm-hmm. So for me, I don't have a specialty. I love dabbling across the landscape of sex. <laughs> um, but when I realized I was body-based and I really love the ergonomics and um, especially when we talk about disability. Mm-hmm. Or just sex through a lifetime. How do you, like, what does a uh, sexually healthy body look like? You know, what is it capable of? What is What can it experience? Um, physical therapy seems to be this really cool field. Mm-hmm. People don't talk about a lot mm-hmm. in the medical landscape. I mean, because you got your, you know, your gynos and all your MDs and you've got your surgeons, you've got your nurses, you've got the other, like, 20 kinds of nurses. You've got um, chiropractors, you've got... Uh, OTs, but physical therapists actually know a lot about how to encourage the body to heal itself and how to behave in ways that are good for it. Um, and I, they take up knowledge about the body that MDs just don't have. Mm. So you go to a gyno, like I want to be a pelvic, pelvic physical therapist. You go okay. to a gyno more for like, oh, my vag tissue, totally, what's wrong with it? You know, so tissue and... Um, fertility stuff, but a physical therapist is going to give more care. I mean, and this is me not in school yet, um, to the muscle tissue surrounding the vagina and the connective tissue that's supporting everything. Are we talking about stuff like the pelvic floor? Sure. And that whole, because I, it's, so anyways, my girlfriend, um, one of my best friends is a yoga teacher and she's like obsessed with like the pelvic floor. She's always (laughs) talking about it and how like increasing the strength will help you, you know, better posture, um, better exercise, better sex, like childbirth, all this kind of stuff. And um, I have another friend who is a physical therapist um, and she also talks about the importance of the pelvic floor. So that's actually something that I've been really trying to incorporate in my daily exercise and almost everything that I do now. Like I think about, because I know it's like a strange kind of muscle that you have. Like I mean, There's plenty of, there's tons of muscle. The pelvic floor is a whole area with just a bunch of muscles hanging right. out and connective tissue and fascia, which I don't even quite understand what that is, but it's definitely part of like the, the, the fishing net, mm-hmm. uh, the network of support in there. Um, there's so much I need to know. Um, but when your friends talk about that, a lot of people for decades have talked about the strength of your, I mean, we'd say Kegels, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or right. the PC strengthening. But yeah. the PC is only one muscle, the pupacacageus muscle. I, I'm not, am I saying it correctly? <laughs> Probably not. 
But um, what is I I just want to emphasize what's just as important as strengthening, which your yoga friend would probably totally be about, Mm -hmm. is to is to be able to have flexibility and relaxation in the same muscle. Mm -hmm. Because what a lot of people deal with in sexual pain is overtensing of those muscles, Mm -hmm. and to have really. for a lot of people to have like full orgasmic experience, you need to have a full ability to tighten and relax because mm-hmm. because the orgasm comes from full contractions and relaxations repeatedly yes. of that muscle. So if we're constantly dealing uh, strengthening the tightening, mm-hmm. you might start to veer away from being able to totally relax. Interesting. Um, so it's it's the full range that you're seeking. Is it possible for your body, like your well, your vagina specifically, to almost like start creating pain because it's like rejecting somebody that doesn't want to have sex with? I asked That is because, a complicated question. <laughs> That's, it's a beautifully complex question. Because but. I asked because towards the end of my marriage, mm-hmm. which ended years ago, um, I've like pain, sex with my husband became kind of painful. Mm-hmm. And I didn't enjoy it at all and mm-hmm. I didn't want to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't wanted to have it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I went to my gyno because I was like, you know, what's going on? And he did all these tests on me and he's like, you're fine. He's like, could it be just that like, you don't want to have sex with him? And I was like, well, well, yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, that might be it. And I was like, really? So it, it seems like you're flabbergasted between, by the connection possibly of a want or not want and the experience of pain. Yeah, like I guess you're so. you confused by that connection. Yeah, it's just like I started to get these weird kind of, yeah, it started to become painful. Would you say that you're, you're, body and mind at the end even though you didn't want to have sex you were physically just as aroused and like prepared for I'm assuming penetrative sex I don't I mean I I definitely wasn't aroused okay well (laughs) yeah penetrating the body when it's not prepared to be penetrated that's going to be a real uncomfortable experience that would explain it yeah Yeah. I mean just that I mean there's a lot of layers we could dig into but yeah that just (laughs) seems like I mean, even just like going to the gynecologist and getting the speculum before you're you're ready. Like, yeah, that can be I mean, ready. I think we used lube or spit or something like that, but there was no like, it wasn't, it wasn't into it. Lube doesn't ch- okay, like butt sex, right? Just mm. because there's lube present doesn't mean the butt's just like a gaping hole all of a sudden. Like, yeah, it's believe still, me. Yeah, I know. You work with the body. Mm-hmm. You're not just sort of trying to sneak past the body to get to what you want. <laughs> like the, you're a team. Yeah, and the team did not want to play. So no, it sounds like no, definitely not. I'm sorry for your vagina. That's okay. She okay. got over it. Oh, okay. That's right. She's with somebody who makes her happy now. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and 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 part of why I want to be a physical therapist is because a lot of people, all sorts of people, all genders have can get physical pelvic pain mm. from. Oh, so many different ways you can experience pelvic pain mm-hmm. um, sexually. It's kind of amazing. I mean, it could be skin stuff. It could be nerve stuff. It could be muscle stuff. It could be connective tissue stuff. It could be an infection. It could be like so many different things. And wow. so we lump it all in one, but it's like, you know, yeah. it could be a lot. Of I mean, it's a very important, you know, I mean, it's kind of like the centerpiece of your body. It really is. Yeah. Like once you die, someone could turn into a fruit bowl. Like it really just holds <laughs> holds your middle. It holds everything up. Totally. <laughs> fruit bowl. I love that. Yeah. What do you find is like the most common issue in your sex education? Like hangups that people have. Oh, uh, let's see. I've been a little bit out of it, so I'm not as like I don't know what's happening in 2008. I'm not, I pay attention to the news, which is horrifying. But um, <laughs> hangups. Oh, oh yeah. Am I normal? I mean, that's just a con- a constant thing. Yeah. 
I have fantasies about what it would be like to be a, a sex educator, you know, with a kind of a comedy lean, mm. you know, in a world where we are a sexually healthy society. Like, what does that look like? Right. So that I'm not trying to be corrective. I'm just like, hey, look, look at what you can do with your butt. Cool. <laughs> you know, like, what is that like? And right. so the hang up really is, am I normal? Mm-hmm. Is this wrong? Is my is my part like? Is this okay? Is this okay? Is this okay? Is it like? So you, know, you just find like a lot of shame. We could put that label on it. We could say shame. Uh, it might just be confusion. It might be misinformation. Mm. Someone said that if I like, you know, my a finger in my vagina while someone's like going down on me, I'm weird because women are supposed to, you know, if, if they were told that women are supposed to be able to come from their clits alone because that's what feminists say, you know, because people be like, vagina sex only. No, it's only clit stuff. That's where it's at. Clits are everything. And then it's like, oh, sh- crap, I can only come from it pe- penetrative. So am I like, you know, a 1950s housewife now? Yeah. Like, crap, you know, like, so people, depending on what's in fad, mm. will be like, no, I'm different than that. Why? Um, well, so um, here's my thing. Oh, what's your thing? My thing is I can only come from clitoral stimulation. I can't come from penetrative sex. Oh, no. What's wrong with you? I know. That's <laughs> what I feel like people tell me all the time. What? They're like, you know, you are holding something back. I don't know. I just, they're like, you haven't found your G spot. I'm like, I think I have, but I just like, it can't. Your experience of your human body is valid. Thank you. And no Thank one you. can take, you're welcome. <laughs> Period. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've talked to, have you talked to Nina Hartley? Uh, I've talked to Nina Hartley many times. I don't know if I've talked to Nina Hartley about that specifically though. Like she, I love the way she talks about her orgasms because mm. they're incredibly small. Mm-hmm. Like they're just, it's like if she blinks, she'll kind of miss it. And I don't want to speak for her or like speak for her body, but she, she does go into like a, a cool, I mean, she goes deep into it, but just to, as a reference point. I really appreciate that. She's like, and that's just my body. And I've done plenty of exploration and like just. Every body, every single human body functions a little differently. So does she have multiple small orgasms or she only has like one small orgasm? I don't remember. I don't remember. I I think she just is like, yeah, it's not her thing. Orgasms are just like not the epic transformation. Okay. They're not like the end goal for her. Yeah. Like if she's getting into something, she's like, I'm doing this to have an orgasm. It's Mm -hmm. more about the experience. Yeah, I, sure. I mean, I'm I'm not going to speak for what Nina's, you know, Sexuality is complex, yes. um, but like you know, I don't have multiple orgasms, mm. and I really don't have the urge to. It's yeah, when I'm done, I'm like done. I'm yeah, like, okay, cool. And yet, That's depending enough. depending on what decade we're living in, mm. suddenly it's like you're broken if you don't have multiples. And somebody who's sleeping with me might, depending on what podcast they listen to, might be like, "No, you must. We must continue until you have at least four. And it's like, <laughs> oh god, geez, okay, fine. And it's just we keep creating these fake hurdles of what it what is good and what is appropriate for mm. for our bodies. It's just, yeah, so, okay, you can't come, did you say you can't come from penetrative or you can't come from clitoral? I can't come from penetrative. Okay. So, one, it's all kind of connected. I mean, it's pretty, like, the, I'm assuming female anatomy, you know, female being, like, a, a small clit type yeah, bit, you're you're an innie, you know, yes, right? I have normal. I have normal female anatomy. <laughs> well, I there is there is no normal. Right? But okay. uh, 
I know it's standard. Standard, right? The standard 1950s assumption of what would be in your pants. Sure, sure. there you go. Um, so I was just actually I had this really uncomfortable conversation with my old physiology teacher a few days ago mm. because I was asking him because it. We're not. I'm. I already got an A in his class. I'm, I'm tutoring his current students right now. Okay. And so I came in to talk about my research paper that I'd written. Um, it's stuff. But I had this question that was burning on my mind about orgasm. It's like, is it appropriate to ask my old college professor about this? And I did. And it was for. I had this question like, if people who experience like, let's say, you kiss their neck and they have an orgasm, right? Mm. And when I ask them, like, what does that feel like? It's just like this release of sensation and they just feel better and it's like it feels orgasmic. But there's nothing, it's not like pelvic focused and it seems to be kind of above the waist. Anyway, people will, I've heard many people who report an orgasmic experience from plenty of different body sensation. It's so, it's just, it's so interesting that you say that because I just had that experience like literally the other day with, with my man, I am like incredibly sensitive on my back. Mm-hmm. And he did this whole like, and it felt like I was coming from just kissing of the back and the back of the neck. Like nice. it was like, it was crazy and it was intense, but I would have never called that an orgasm because it wasn't pelvic based, like you said, or pelvic focus. Right. And it's amazing how we so can. So maybe, so you're saying that maybe I should actually look at what an orgasm is maybe a little differently. I say you, whatever you want. You don't have to change anything. You had an experience, and some people, if they had that experience, would call that an orgasm. Mm. Other people might not. I mean, it's all semantics. Did you like it? Did you not? Do you want more of it? Does it it's, neat? You know? It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you liked it. You know, you liked it. <laughs> um, so I asked him this, kind of being like, okay, look. I understand that orgasm is a contraction and relaxation repeatedly of, of like a release of muscular tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was asking him, is that a positive feedback loop? Anyone who's listening who knows what a positive and negative feedback loop is, it's how our body stays healthy and balanced. Most of, mostly we want to get back to balance, but things like childbirth, we need to go to an extreme, which is like pushing and birthing a baby before yeah. we can go back to um, uh balance again. Right. So the mechanisms in place to give birth are called positive feedback loops okay. because they're constantly increasing, increasing, kind of like in, se- in sexual pleasure when you start increasing that sensation until you explode and you have an orgasm, mm-hmm. right? And so I asked him, is orgasm an example of a positive feedback loop? And he was like, well, yes. I went, okay, so tell me about these people where you like touch their cheek and they have an orgasm because I think that they're not, but they're experiencing something, but I don't know how to frame it. And he's like, wait, 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 Sandra. Wait, wait, wait. And he talked about how, um, well, when he started explaining vaginas to me, and I was like, please stop. I don't need that. I know. We're talking about cheek caressing here. I don't need to talk about sex with you. Um, but he explained that like, if you're touching someone's back, even though you're not stimulating or maybe exp- experiencing any kind of pelvic release, because during orgasm... A lot of people will have their nerve endings fire up in a certain way and certain pathways from the brain down to the genitals. And then certain muscles will be experiencing something at the same time that your like cocaine, dopamine like journey in your brain is opening up. Right. So you have so many different things happening at the same time. It's a total carnival party. So if the back's being played with, you might be experiencing part of that 
party mm. being lit up in your brain. So okay. you might actually be experiencing the orgasmic pathways that happen, open up in your brain, just nothing below the belt. Mm-hmm. And so technically, you could call that an orgasm if you wanted to, depending on how you want to define it. Right. So I was sitting there like, well, I just got schooled real hard, professor. Mm. Thank you. So I'll, I'd call that an orgasm, sure. Yeah. You're like, that's interesting. I would have never thought of it that way. And I was actually having a conversation with um, uh, this girl, Carla Lane, on my podcast about an anal orgasm and if that mm-hmm. was a different kind of orgasm than a vaginal orgasm mm-hmm. and did it feel different and how did it feel and had I had one or mm-hmm. had I imagined it. Because I feel like I've spent a lot of time like trying to figure out if I've imagined if I've had an orgasm or not. Because I've oh, tried like so hard to have orgasms from other oh, like oh, ways. Oh, Holly. What? Oh, no, it's just like... Help me. I, I don't think he sounds like you're perfectly... You're doing great. You had a back magic thing happen. You're yeah. doing better than I have this month. <laughs> so it kind of actually came out of nowhere, too. I was surprised. No, my, my heart just goes out to when people are like, am, am I normal? Is this... Like, is this an orgasm? Is that an orgasm? Is that? Yeah. yeah, I know. And it's kind of crazy that I like focus on that. I don't know. I think maybe a part of me, my vision is kind of, my vision, my perspective is kind of skewed is because I work in the porn oh, industry. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wonder almost if that contributes to it because then I look at like what, I mean, and it's funny too because I'm engaging in something that is creating a fantasy. Like I'm working behind the scenes. I know that this, a lot of this shit isn't real. Um, but it does sometimes make me wonder like if, you know, my body is normal or if I'm missing something because I can't have a penetrative orgasm, you know, or if, or I can't have an anal orgasm or have I had an anal orgasm and what is that exactly? And how do I define that and like put in its little box so I know exactly what it is? Yeah, that's, I, it'd be nice if we're nice and tidy, but our bodies aren't really like that. Um, one, I mean, if you have a bucket list for sexual experiences or what some people call a fuck it list, like more power to you. If you're like, check, butt orgasm, check. Mm. If you want that, if you want to go through life like that, cool, <laughs> cool. But like, that's not really, I mean, fine. Um, it's like people who say they've been to France, but they've only been to Paris. It's like, mm. okay, I guess, <laughs> you know, maybe explore, take your time a little bit. Like, what? Whatever, why are we checking this off? So, um, to me, one, dep- okay, we're talking, talking about different kinds of orgasms. Mm. I mean, I've gotten to a point now, not to say I'm more educated or better off than anyone else, but just I've understood sex to be so different. Like every year of my life since I was 11, I've understood sex to be different. Mm-hmm. And especially as I got professional and started interviewing people like my, you know, like you, you you've learned in the last seven months, like just yeah, so much. So much. There's so many different types of points of views. And I don't care how imaginative you are, no matter how much you can imagine what it's like to be human for all the people on the planet, you're barely scratching the surface of the diversity of experience there is. Like, so as much as we want to think like, yeah, I'm human, I get it. It's like, well, not really, because <laughs> there's always going to be that reality show showing you really wild humans on this planet. So yeah. it's leave room for the mystery, and you know, like leave room. But coming back to you, our nerve endings, like we have all these branches, like you see those pictures mm-hmm. of the human body and we have all these branches of nerve endings going all over. So if you think about you're stimulating the anal area, mm. Or stimulating the anal area plus the nipple area, mm-hmm. or maybe the 
ceiling of the vagina, which we call the G-spot area, plus the clit, plus your ear. Like all of those areas are stimulating different branches of our nervous system. Mm-hmm. And some of them are like little streams that feed into rivers that, that like, and we have different rivers of sensation going to our brain. So stuff like the clit or the head of the penis um, is, I, I don't remember all the different branches, but that's like the superficial areas of sensation in the body around the genitals are one mm-hmm. stream, a bunch of streams that go to a river. And then stuff like the like the insides of our, um, you know, ass, um, the prostate, uh, you know, like, past the cervix, all that stuff, totally different. I think it's called the vagus nerve. Um, okay. So, yeah, they're so going to be... So that's all its own, like, nerve. Yeah, so one way I would look at it, if, like, for what I know of the human body, if I'm like, oh, man, I want to have three different kinds of orgasms today, I wouldn't categorize it by area. I wouldn't be like, butt stuff, cervix stuff, and clit stuff. I'd be like, <laughs> I want to experience what a... Two thirds vagal, one third like uh, pudendal experience would be like I would. Wow, probably- that sounds sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I would. I would measure it by nervous nerve area. Right, mm-hmm. that's one way to do it. Um, the other is no matter where on your body you want it. I mean, we have different clusters of nerve endings everywhere. So you know, like there's more on my clit than there is like on my elbow. Mm-hmm. Like we can sense sense more. Right, but you have at least. Six or seven types, I think. I think six or seven types of receptors. Mm. So there's a receptor, and I interviewed a an awesome, sweet uh, physical therapist about this nerve stuff um, years ago. Uh, he ran into me at a con. He's like, "I like your podcast. I know about nerves." I was like, "Let us podcast." <laughs> um, and so, in any area, you have nerve endings that are just picking up vibration. Okay. You have nerve endings that are just picking up pressure. So not only would I be like two-thirds butt stuff, I would also or pudendal or whatever, I would also be like, do I want to stimulate my pressure um, nerve endings? Do I want to stimulate my vibration nerve endings? Hmm. You know, There's a reason why while vibration's awesome, experiencing let's say like licking of the genitals with vibration seems like extra awesome for some people is because they really vibe off of different, like somebody might like vibration somebody might not. It might be that they dig those types of receptors being stimulated differently. You know? Interesting. So, I didn't know that there were all those different kinds of receptors. I it, know. Like, that's amazing. I barely knew, and then I took a physiology class, and I was like, oh, shit. And it makes so much, like, did it make things make a lot more sense? It did. It gave me a lot more um, frameworks to think of when people ask me about pleasure, or orgasm, you know, like what we're talking about right mm-hmm. now. It's like I get... I really want to understand the truth. I want to know what the humans know about bodies so far. Yeah. Um, so this has helped me a lot. That's amazing. Yeah. And you teach workshops and everything. I do. I do. Not lately. I just checked my, because uh, I rarely check my Sex Nerd Sandra inbox. Um, although I'm starting to now again. But I I just saw there were a bunch of, uh, not to brag, but I'm totally bragging, like the <laughs> invites to do workshops. I was like, oh crap, am I ready for this? There, it's it's kind of exhausting. I teach photography workshops. Oh, do and you? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, it's funny. It's like I always love it when I do it, but I feel an enormous amount of pressure on myself when I do book them, and like it kind of freaks me out a little bit. And then like I stress all the way up to it, and then mm. on the day of the workshop, it's almost always great and fine, and not stressful and not a big deal. But like I don't know, I. Yeah, every person seems to stress for different thing reasons. Yeah, I. 
Yeah. What are some of your favorite workshops to teach? Oh, gosh, depending on what year or season it is. I, I used to really just make sure, like whether it was podcasting or teaching, whatever it was, to just change the topic a lot so that I wouldn't get bored. Mm. Um, for a long time, I mean, I've been told that I'm known for my blowjob workshops. Hmm. I definitely went nerdy deep. Like I date all sorts of people, mm-hmm. um, but I've, de- I've definitely slept with more people with penises. Right. So, and there was just this. So, I really went deep into the blowjob like wormhole. <laughs> um, I want to go on the blowjob wormhole. I know. I know. It's, I it's, it's a fun trip. <laughs> it's a fun trip. What so, do you teach specifically? Like, can you give some examples of things that you go over? Like, okay, well, one, I know I have at least, I mean, depending on how you stage your workshop, mine are usually an hour and a half to two hours. Mm-hmm. I've got at least six hours of blowjob material. Wow. And I, at some point, started doing a oh, God, what do I call them? The BJ one hundred and one class was I don't know what I called like balls deep or something. And then this, <laughs> and, and then uh, blowjob two hundred and one was called like suck smarter, not harder, <laughs> like or something. <laughs> um, and I tend to so there are two kinds of blowjob questions. One is how can I be good at it to all dicks in the world? So that's a very vague question because everybody with genitals is a different person and prefers different things. Right. But there are people who are like, I'm a divorcee and I'm dating. Just help me generally. Ah. So there's the one night, st- 101 is like my one night stand workshop. Okay. Like, I don't know who's attached to this dick, but let's talk about some basics that'll really rock their world. And then 201's like, let's talk about the dick you know and love. <laughs> you know, like, and so it's like figuring so out. So it can the- be like a little more adventurous. Sure. Honestly, I mean, it's all an adventure. I, I don't do that, hey, you're stuck in a rut. I'll wake you up. Woo. Like, I'm not that person. Right. There's plenty of sex ed people who, who kind of come from that way. Right. For me, it's I know you've got plenty of tools. You've got plenty of crayons in your crayon box. I want to expand your toolbox. Mm-hmm. So here's more stuff that you can integrate. So to me, the adventure is intimacy, and that's like the scariest thing for a lot of people, including mm-hmm. me. So yeah. it's like you can suck a dick great all day long if you want, but like can you look them in the eye and like say something true, mm-hmm. you know, like right before you do it, mm-hmm. you know? Or is it all just a big sort of pony show? Theatrical. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I want to turn you on. Because like, some people really just love the visuals and love the sensation and are fine with that, but other people really need to feel connected. Mm. You know, like something is like if you're with a person who really needs to feel connected, maybe you like rub their, their heart, you know, their chest while you're, you know, oraling the heck out of their, their junk, <laughs> you know? You know, it's interesting. I feel like I used to be more theatrical and I used to like talk dirty a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then just recently it started to feel really uh, just forced and kind of, I started to mm-hmm. started to feel like work. I started to feel like I was echoing what I heard mm-hmm. at, on set at work and it, it just started to feel disingenuous to me. So I kind of like pulled back from that and I stopped, right and I stopped doing that and I, stopped, I changed, I don't know. And it's, um, I mean, sex with my boyfriend now is more intimate than it has been with peop- other people I've been with in the past. But it's it's interesting because I always... I think like I kind of prided myself on being this, you know, sexually adventurous like girl who works in porn, like, you know, I'm I should be kind of crazy mm-hmm. and then I think as I've gotten older, I'm like, I don't really feel like putting on this whole like dog and pony show <laughs> anymore. 
and just, I don't know. Interesting. So did you find that people would seek you out because they thought you'd be really exhilarating in bed? I th- Maybe. I think so. I've had guys tell me actually that they've been intimidated um, to sleep with me because of what I do, because they thought that like... I would judge them or, you know, their penis wouldn't be as big as the penises I see all the time in mm-hmm. porn and therefore I would think less of them, which is not true at all. Um, so I don't know. Do you notice the air conditioning just turned off? And like it is very the quiet sound in here. in here suddenly got like super quiet. Yeah, and my my like hunger gurgles have definitely like I'm like trying to not put it into the microphone. Oh really? I so haven't heard quiet. a single one of them. Oh, well. You've been safe. Thanks. <laughs> I mean not anymore since you mentioned it, but <laughs> Otherwise, we would have never known. Mm. Mm. But getting back to the, what you were just saying, um, I, I too have lost some dates because when they found out what I do, they were like, oh no, judgment. Yeah. I'm like, I'm the one who gets judged because you know, just, just love me. <laughs> just love me. I, would, I could see how that would definitely be. I mean, if you're a sex educator, I could definitely see that that would be intimidating to some guys. Yeah, or just people. I mean, it's not. I mean, I've been on dates with people who were not guys, and they were also mm. intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, no one is as judgmental about a dick size as the person with that dick. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, guys are a little obsessive about it. Yeah. Um, so you you have a background in cultural anthropology, philosophy, and broadcast journalism. Those were my majors. That's really fucking cool. Thank you. I was a English major, which I don't use at all in my current job. But um, I mean, do you feel like that kind of stuff set you up for what you do now? I mean, the broadcast journalism for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, I I can't speak to your en- English major. Um, for me, choosing philosophy. Well. Yeah, I got real deep into anthropology classes in yeah. in my first two years of college. Um, ended up switching to philosophy, and then eventually um, wanted something that was actually useful. So I studied <laughs> broadcast journalism, which was surprisingly useful. Isn't that um, always like that annoying struggle in college, whether or not you want to major in what you actually want to, or what you supposedly will help you get a job later? It is weird. It is weird. Um, and then, like five percent of people actually like end up working in the field that they majored in. Yeah, I mean, we, we're not set up to win. I mean, high school, like public education, doesn't really set yeah. us up to really understand what life is like. I mean, yeah, they don't even teach us about how to start a business, and we're a capitalistic like society. I that- was totally th- talking about that the other day with somebody. I'm like, why don't they have a class where they teach people like how to pay their taxes, how to like balance checkbook, how to like mm-hmm. start a corporation? Get a, uh, get, to- yeah, get a business permit. Yeah, like just it's just crazy to me. And and then, well, then on top of that, if we want to talk about schooling, I mean, how do you like the dire lack of sexual education in this country? It's oh, yes. got to be frustrating. It is. I, I'm curious to see how that'll change in the next couple of decades. I mean, do you think it will? Well, it's always going to change, but is it going to change for the healthier? <laughs> That's the question. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, we got some stuff to work out right now. I'd say in the the bigger landscape. Um, but I'm not that politically active. I think so much of just who I am is a political hot button. Um, I'm not. I'm not gender. I'm not cisgendered. I'm not straight. I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm, I kind of land in a lot of identities where people are like, "Ooh, that's so hot right now." It's like, well, that's just how I'm going to be forever. So can we just not make this about a, 
a, a parade. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, the whole anthro and philosophy thing, all the stuff that I majored in really was just, those are elements of just how I relate to the world around me. So mm-hmm. I've always been, I mean, I've been asking what the meaning of life was since I was a kid. It was very annoying for my friends. Um, really? Yeah, I'd be like, but what is it really all about? Like, what does it all mean? Why are we here? And it's like, <laughs> you're 10! Just keep jogging around the jogging track. What are you doing? Um, so yeah, like, I look back and I, I don't feel, I'm glad that I dug into that stuff that was very much part of my identity. I mean, anthro, I've always been an observer. I've been somebody who who really, and I was interested in applied anthro, so it was understanding humans and applying it to issues of right now. It wasn't just sitting in an ivory tower and like writing a paper. It was like, how mm-hmm. can we use this info for, for just use it? Yeah. I mean, and I'm still like that. Like to me, physical therapy is just let's learn about the body and let's like do some cool stuff with it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm in a physics class right now and I'm so mad my professor hasn't thrown anything. I'm like, what? We're talking about th- catapults and stuff, but you're not throwing anything in the classroom. I'm so mad. Are you happy to be back in school? Oh, happy is is not the word. I would say I am enriched. I am I feel very alive by the y- stuff I'm learning. Yeah, I sometimes I miss college, you know, like I remember when I was, when I was in school and I just, you know, was so excited to be like learning new things. And sometimes when you just like picked up on something that was really interesting, it was just so like, like you said, like enriching and, um, but it was, you know, also a lot of work. And I remember my sister was going through nursing school and just seeing her like every day having so much homework. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm so fucking glad I'm not in school. The idea of doing homework now, like makes me sick, but then also too, sometimes I miss like that education and also that environment where you're around people that are there to learn and it's all about it's exciting i guess though for you you're always in an educational um i was, I was burnt spot. out for a long time i was burnt out a lot for a long time yeah. somebody would have sent me an article i'm like i don't give a fuck like why are you sending this to me but it was totally up my alley but i just was so burnt out um not how often the, did you release your podcast weekly okay Forever. So you had that, and then on top of that, you had all the workshops, and it just like... Yeah, there's a lot of... And I wasn't really mentally prepared for the amount of needing to drum up speaking gigs and stuff. Like, people mm. wanted me. I mean, I mean, people... I, I'm so fortunate to have had a successful podcast, and people who really like my just general attitude and the way I teach things, the way I present ideas. Like, I feel... I'm so fortunate to to have gotten to do what I do, and hopefully, still will get to do that because I'll just be a really awesome physical therapist, sex educator. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I was burnt out for a while. But being back in school um, has definitely well, like I never understood the periodic table of elements before, but now that I'm in chem, I'm like my mind is blown by just the ad. Like I'm gonna be able to like figure out how many atoms are in your purse. Like what? <laughs> is that even is that even allowed? Like that seems like some top secret shit right there. But I'm gonna like learn about that stuff. So it's just I'm like sitting like, oh my God, most of this chair I'm sitting in is empty space. Why am I here? Like why am I able to sit in it? There's a lot of cool stuff I'm learning. Um Do you feel like you're almost more enthusiastic about being at school and learning than you were when you were younger? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Because now I, I have an actual mission. I mean, so I mean, because I'm in stuff that people who are just out of high school are in. Because mm-hmm. I'm going back to get all my science stuff so I right. can apply. So I'm already done with my BA, um, but now I'm taking you know at least eight science classes. Yeah, that's 
and all these babies who are just talking to the professor like the professor's their daddy. You know, like, oh, why did we have, you know, like, oh, extra credit? I'm just like, fucking <laughs> get it together. You're an adult now. Um, I'm very, I'm just, I'm, and I remember, I mean, because I've spoken at colleges. Like, I spoke at Stanford about blowjobs, like, which was amazing. Oh, my God. How was that? I was very proud. And so was my mom. Um, so it's just really funny to sit in the audience of a classroom with people that I, the, the age group that I would speak to. And I don't know, I laugh a lot. Like, I laugh at a lot of teacher jokes because I mm-hmm. realize how much of it's just the awkwardness of, like, like, of, of having, I say like so much now, Jesus. Um, I know how you feel. <laughs> I say you know a lot. Mm. Makes me crazy. Mm. Um, so I get to laugh at my teacher's discomfort at how not receptive the audience is when it's a bunch of 20-year-old college students. Like yeah. They're just so blank-faced. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah, it's got to, it's, it's, I can ima- I can only imagine going back to school and being like the age that I am now mm-hmm. and how it would be a completely different experience. Because when I was there before, I was just like, you know, just waiting to get out of class and go fucking party, you know? Right, right, <laughs> like, right. wasn't, didn't yeah. care about school really. Yeah, and luckily there the homework is really just there to help me learn. It's not busy work like it yeah. was in high school or something. Or yeah, um, I mean I can't speak. I mean lower division stuff. Like I, I hated English class. I don't know how you did that. Really, I, I loved it. I loved it because I I think I like the fact that you could manipulate the answer. You know what I mean? Like it's almost oh. about how you interpret something. Like math is a very definitive answer. Like science. Like this is oh, the this is the answer. Mm-hmm. Like with. With English, you can be like, well, I read it this way. And as long as you provide evidence to support what you think. That's so much more work. I just want to write answer. <laughs> Jeez, God. You know what's really hard for me now is now that I'm around the age of some of my professors or it's age appropriate to be into them, I am. Like any professor I have, there really? is some level of attraction and it's so weird. Oh, my God. Yeah. I always had a fantasy about sleeping with my professor. <laughs> and then I slept with two professors. Oh. But they weren't mine. It was at a... Uh, conference, um, English conference in England. Oh. For my thesis for that seems like my last year of school. That seems better. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I keep meaning to text my friend who used to really just bone all her professors to be like, how did you do that? Because I want to do it. <laughs> I want to do it. Yeah, it's kind of, there's something very, definitely very sexy about it. I still am in touch with one of them. Mm-hmm. We're Facebook friends and, mm-hmm. you know, he, uh, He's funny. He actually <laughs> he uh, met some stripper and um, you know was hanging out with her all evening, and then they went home together. And he thought that you know she just really liked him, and then she wanted money from him oh. when they got back to his place. And he like couldn't believe it. And he was like, <laughs> I thought she was into me, and he like emailed me, and he was so upset. I'm like, you're such an idiot. <laughs> I'm I'm confused, but as a <sighs> I can't imagine going home with somebody without being like, you know, that there's money involved here, right? Like, yeah. I would need some reassurance that they would know right. this was a business transaction. I, Maybe all- she thought that, like, she would get him to the point where either he, like, couldn't back out and refuse because he'd gone too far, or I don't know, that it was so awkward that just... I don't yeah, know. that seems like a lot more work. This right? is like I like the math and the chem is the one right answer. Like, yeah, just yeah. check in, like the, just communication in all relationships, whether business, sex, anything. Just check in, jeez. But that's really funny. <laughs> what do you think about the whole thing that's going on right now with like uh, boundaries and 
you know, the Me Too movement and sexual harassment and how everybody's talking about, like, how do you establish boundaries with people now? Do you think it's like, I don't know, I've been in a relationship for mm-hmm. the last couple years, so mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about that. But, you know, even my boyfriend was saying, he's like, I almost feel like I'd be nervous to be dating right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so funny. People who are afraid that they're going to somehow violate a boundary without knowing it, like, how much, how not present are you to mm-hmm. how you relate to the people around you? Um, do you think some people are just like jet, seriously clueless to like boundaries or like hints that people are dropping or they just don't care and they're just... I think, I think both exist. Yeah. I, th- I think mo- there are more clueless people than predators mm-hmm. that are trying to get away from something, but there are plenty of predators. Yeah. And I will call them predators. Even people, like in polyamory, like I'm on some, I am polyamorous. Mm-hmm. So like I have multiple loves. I, I tend to love more than one person. That's just my tendency, whether or not I date that way one year to the next. You know, mm-hmm. But I am polyamorous. So I'll see these questions and I just laugh and judge because um, the question will go, hey, so I went on a date and I let my husband know I was going on a date and we were going to the restaurant, but we decided to go to a hotel instead. Uh, is this cheating? Now, of course, it depends on their agreements. So the question is, is she like, I don't know. I don't know your life. I don't know what you two decided. Like, I may probably not, maybe, you know. But it's what I see is people kind of go, what can I get away with? Like, do I have to tell them that I went to a hotel room? Like, it seems like fine. Like, it's probably fine. It's like if you're just trying to get away with something in some Mm. gray area because no one pinned you down or like explicitly said um, that it was not allowed, like, that's not really a good spirited way to go about your relationships. Yeah, I think you have to really think about what, like what is your intention with your action. Yeah, like for anyone who's listening and most of the time you've spent with people that you're attracted to, you're just like when are we going to get to have sex? When are we going to get to have sex? Okay, they said yes, but they kind of frowned. It's fine. We're having sex. Awesome. Like yeah. maybe you should rethink how your motivations. Like that seems like not a healthy way to go about it. Now, if you really just care about sex and you don't care about the people you're around, that is a valid way to live. However, you might be breaking laws. Right. So just grow up and accept that you may have broken some laws. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) like you don't have to care about anybody, but generally we have laws in the book because we agree that people's body autonomy should be respected. It's such a beautiful, wonderful awakening of a lot of awareness and language, like Mm. a huge injection of new language that people for the next several decades can use. Mm -hmm. I'd say that just like, like we were saying, oh, I mean, for over a century, vaginal orgasms were the only orgasms allowed. And if you had any kind of clitoral pleasure, it meant you were a lesbian. Hmm. You know, so I mean, you know, we think of clitoral circumcision as an Eastern or African thing, but it was also used in this country to keep people from being sexually interested, right? Really? Because you're supposed to only want dick orgasms, lady. Right. From your husband to produce children. Yeah. Right. right. Ugh. So <laughs> anyway, um, when I think about that, and, and so, and then we might go through a period where suddenly, oh, it's all clit orgasm. And if you like penetration, then, oh, you're just part of the patriarchy, you know. And if we're going to politicize just general pleasure and interest like that, like depending on 
whether it's 2018 or 2022, I might be the right kind of orgasms or or the wrong kind. I mean, and then right now we're the pendulum has swung to an extreme where now it's like you must ask permission for every little tiny touch, mm. which is not the spirit of it. It's respecting everybody's control over their own body. It's just right. basic respect. Um, but do you think it's kind of a good thing because at least we're having this conversation now? It is. We're going to have some. I mean, there's going to be some pendulum swinging. Yeah, and and there's going to be some um, collateral damage, Mm. I think, done during it. And some people who are coming up right now might get a lot of messages that are pretty extreme that they may have a hard time reprogramming a little bit to um, a more reasonable middle in five years. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's... Yeah. So, but I, yeah, I don't tend to be... I mean, you can scroll through a lot of my feeds online. Like, I don't tend to be super outspoken about anything. I'm just mm-hmm. like, and here humans are. I'm more of an anthropologist. Like, well, here we are doing this. Oh, we're doing this now. <laughs> All right, we're doing this. Ooh, okay. I just... I think it's really good, generally. Mm-hmm. I think it's sloppy, and I think the people who are the most vocal and the most ready to yell off of the rooftops... I also am really into like trauma um, research, mm. or I'm starting to get into it. Like, there's this book that I've been reading called "The Body Keeps the Score" about mm-hmm. how anything that's really upsetting and traumatic to the body, like it still exists somewhere in us, whether it's in like a muscle spasm or in our mind somewhere. And unless you heal that and kind of move through that traumatic experience, it'll always kind of come up in weird ways. Mm. That's one way of talking about trauma. Just one. But you have people who are totally vocal, completely correct in how they're speaking about the Me Too movement, talking about their experiences. And also, we have a society that is not trained to process trauma. So this whole time period, there's plenty of people who are having like trauma triggers that they don't even realize they're having. Mm. So that's another layer that people aren't aware of. So maybe that will be a thing in 10 years that we'll start examining and being like, oh, yeah, 2017. I could see that I was really going through a thing because I had had this experience in 2009 and had never processed it. But That's interesting. I never thought about it that way, but that's, that's a really great point. Thank you. So it's, it's like we can only do so much at one time. So I see like trigger, 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 trigger. That's a valid point, valid point, valid point, and trigger. Super triggered and toxic troll. Uh, good point, good point, good point. You know, like, yeah. I, that's how I see Facebook posts now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I like that. I'm going to start, I'm going to start looking at things that way. Cool. I've, I've learned things today. Awesome. Slapping the table. Slapping the table. That means it's really, that means it's real. It's real. Sandra, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. This it has was, been really fun. Good, good. I'm glad. Um, where can, uh, we find you online? Don't. No, that's no, fine. Um, I would say Twitter and Facebook, Sex Nerd Sandra with an A. And I have 214 episodes that exist, and every episode is a topic. So check They're out. very, very good. Do you have any particular um, specific episodes that people should go listen to? Like, if you can, because for me, when people are like, oh, I want to go listen to your podcast, sometimes I'll be like, listen to these ones. Or sometimes I'll be like, don't listen to these. You know, ones. depending on what's, I mean, People often seek my workout when they're going through some kind of transformation or mm. um, shift in their life, like divorce or hitting puberty or whatever it is. If you're under 18, you're not supposed to listen to me. Don't. Um, <laughs> but I can't stop you. <laughs> um, so 
like some people who want to learn about oral sex, there's a whole bunch of oral sex topics. Like mm-hmm. I love the BJ's a love story um, episode because it talks about somebody who really hated them and then turned into loving them and oh, kind of wow. their their journey, which was surprising. Um, there's tons of BDSM focused podcasts. Um, one that I love for people who are just exploring their own bodies is Orgasmic New Year. My okay. friend Megan came on and talked about uh, orgasm research. Honestly, there's so much. One of my favorites, even though the audio is not great, is called um, Sexual Archetypes. Um, I learned about how we need to step out of our general roles in life in order to step into like the sacred sex space. And I was like, oh, shit, I never mm-hmm. even thought about that. Because I'm always in mom or educator mode. It's mm-hmm. really hard to get out of that when I'm in. Uh, I'm not a mom, but I'm a mommy type person. Okay. But to get into like sexy time, it's really hard for me to yeah. let loose. Yeah. So. I hear you. Anyways, those are some topics. Awesome. Well, yeah. definitely go check those out, guys. Um, I know I'm going to because I want to listen to more of yours, but I didn't know which one because you had so many. So I'm excited. I know I have a list. You you should listen to the clown sex episode. <gasps> yes. How did you know? I just, I felt it. How did you know? I just... Does you know. everybody know that I'm into clown sex? Obviously. <laughs> I just have it written all over my face. <laughs> I, I just thought that you'd really enjoy it. Like a lot of people were freaked out that I, I did that, but like really the Sonny and Ken who I interviewed there in Chicago, they're great people. Um really it's such a fascinating subject. So oh my god. A great okay, I'm listening to that on my way home. Definitely. Thank you. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. And uh, everybody else, uh, make sure you tune in next week. Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Holly Randall. And if you want to support this podcast, patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. See you guys next week. Thanks. Bye. Well, that was a great interview. I learned so much. I didn't realize that there were different nerve endings connected to different parts of the body that stimulate different parts of the brain and that perhaps an orgasm may not be the typical standard vaginal stimulation kind of thing. It was interesting to ponder the idea that orgasms might be so much more than what I thought they were. So that is something I'm definitely going to go home and pontificate about because uh, that was a very interesting revelation to me. And I feel like I always have like weird hangups about like my orgasm and how I can't have penetrative orgasms. So I'm going to go and um, I'm going to open my mind to what an orgasm can actually be. So thank you so much, Sandra, for coming on and teaching me so much today. We appreciate your time. Next week on the podcast, we have Vanessa Veracruz. Vanessa is a award-winning all-girl-girl porn star. She recently just retired and has been going on a kind of personal spiritual journey that I really am excited to talk to her about. So make sure that you tune in next week for Vanessa Veracruz on Holly Randall Unfiltered. (laughs) 